0: You're listening to the Sermon Podcast for the Gate Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. For more information to contact us or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see all of you here today. Um especially those who weren't here last week. It's good to see your faces. Um, and I also want to say hello to those joining us online. Everyone turn to that camera there and wave. I don't know how much they can see you, but um, we, we love you as well. All right. So today, we're going to be introducing our new summer series, which we've titled, This is the Will of God for Us. This is the will of God for us, and, and you may have guessed this already by the title. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I'll explain it anyways. The idea for this series is that we're going to be learning all about what God's will is for our lives, and then hopefully how we can step into it and live it out. So today will be the introduction of that, about figuring out God's will for our lives. And this is, this is pretty simple stuff, right? Discerning God's will for our lives, easy peasy, no problem at all, right? Um, one person, you guys all have figured it out already? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I don't presume to know God's will. I don't think we can comprehend God's full will. I mean, when we dig into the Word, as, as, as Blair just talked about, right, we can certainly see God's overarching will and plan to redeem both mankind and this broken world through Jesus Christ from, from sin and death, right? But yet, even then, even then, we, we, we don't always know the specifics or intricacies of his plan, right? And sometimes we don't even understand the prophecies until after they've happened. And let's be perfectly honest, when it comes to discovering God's particular calling or will for our personal lives, this can, this can often be difficult or confusing, right? Amen? Yeah? If not at times, downright frustrating and anxiety-inducing. It can be for me sometimes anyways, especially when we're, we're seeking his guidance on specific questions like, um, where does he want me to work? Or, or who does he want me to marry? And, and when? Or does he even want me to get married? Or is it God's will for me to stay where I am or to go somewhere else? Or what should I major in at university? Or should I go into ministry or, or missions or none of the above? Is it, is it God's will for me to buy a house? Is it, is it God's will for me to get healing from my, my injury? Should I send my kids to public school or homeschool them or send them to Christian school? Should I volunteer at church? Should I retire? Right, we're asking all of these questions, and in this regard, how many of us have, have, have prayed something like this, but we didn't really receive a, a direct answer or even that, that feeling of peace about it that we're supposed to get? Right? How many of us have, have ever become too afraid to even make a decision and, until we're sure it's God's will, and so that we don't even make a decision at all? Right? How many of us thought we knew what God's will for us, so we stepped into it all excited, but then it didn't work out the way we expected? I'm sure most of us can relate to, to all three of those things. I can. I, I think I've told this story before a couple of times. Um, in, in, in the year 2005, it seems like so long ago now, uh, after I'd graduated Bible college with my theology degree with a minor in music, then I got married, and, and I imagined that God had this specific plan for my life. I thought I knew the way that his, his will was going to go in my life, that I'd land some sweet job in ministry, probably in music. I felt like I knew what God's will was. But yet, for five years, no opportunities came up. In fact, the only job I could get after graduating was building furniture at an assembly line factory with horrible morale among employees, and it paid barely above minimum wage. I spent many hours in prayer. You can imagine, I spent many hours in prayer wondering why, why God had led me to spend thousands of dollars in student loan debt to get a degree I'd never use. You know, what's up with that, God? I'm still paying that off. So as I monotonously drilled holes into pieces of wood at this furniture factory, I'd, I'd wonder, right? I'd, I'd wonder if I'd chosen the wrong path or, or if I somehow stepped away or, or, or missed out on God's will for my life. Did I take a wrong turn somewhere? But yet, now I can actually look back and see that this wasn't really the case. With, with the power of hindsight, I can now see... God's design there. I can now understand how God's plan and will for my life had been unfolding and and also the the lessons I needed to learn through that time and the humility that I needed to to grow in and, and, and also how his timing is perfect. And now for the most part, I'm actually grateful that I didn't know what was going on. I'm grateful that I didn't know about all of the details before they happened. Right, Knowing my future ahead of time would have definitely inhibited my experience in, the, in those moments, would have definitely inhibited my maturation and the testing of my faith. Not to mention that, that I wouldn't have even understood his reasons at times. Right, If he would have told me that I would graduate Bible college and then work at a furniture factory with horrible morale, I would have been like, no, 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 no. right? I would have probably responded like Peter did when he when he was told, and then and then refused to believe or accept that Jesus would have to die on the cross. He's basically he basically says to Jesus, "That's not what I want to happen. So uh, there's no way that I'm going to let that happen." Right. So so God, with good reason, often he often doesn't tell us what he knows or what his his future will is for us. Instead, it, it seems like God often wants to simply lead us like he did with Abraham, to a place he'll show us. He's, he's saying, follow me by faith into the unknown. He knows. That's the point. So from that perspective, God's will for our lives seems to be more about following and knowing him rather than knowing where he's taking us or even how long it'll take to get there. So over the years, I've begun to realize, maybe this is all heresy, who knows? Over the years, I've begun to realize that maybe we sometimes go about this discovering God's will for our lives stuff all wrong. Maybe not all wrong, but a little bit wrong. That while we should definitely and consistently pray and seek Him, and the leading of His Spirit, and all our decisions, and all our plans, the truth is that that we're not supposed to know all the particular things that God has planned for us before we start doing and and moving forward. That barring any specific or clear call, because sometimes we'll we'll get that specific or clear call and we know, right? So barring that, maybe God's will for our lives is, is less about which job we take, or degree we pursue, or who we marry, or if we marry, and more about how we conduct ourselves and glorify God in those places and in those decisions. Or that God's will maybe is less concerned with revealing to us our specific futures and more concerned with the present, with right now, in how we live for him today and in drawing us deeper into his presence and and in Christ-likeness. Theologian Kevin DeYoung writes, we should stop thinking of God's will like a corn maze, or a tightrope, or a bullseye, or a choose-your-own-adventure novel. God is not a magic eight ball we shake up and peer into whenever we have a decision to make. He is a good God who gives us brains, shows us the way of obedience and invites us to take risks for him. So we have to understand, this isn't to say that God isn't sovereign. He is. Or that he doesn't have a plan for each of our lives. He does. Or that we shouldn't continually seek his leading. We should. But from our perspective, it's, it's, it's more to say that maybe seeking God's will in our lives is, is more about the journey rather than the destination. That it's more about knowing him than knowing the details. That it's more about walking in obedience and righteousness than following this specific life plan. Ultimately, that it's more about focusing on and doing the things we know for sure are God's will for us. Let's get that right first rather than wasting our time fretting or, or worrying about the decisions or, or the reasons or of the things that we're not sure of. And to be honest, I, I, I've learned that, that, if, that if we're focused on the things we're sure of when it comes to God's will in our lives, those things we know that God is calling us to do, then, then more often than not, we'll make the right or wisest decisions about the things that aren't clear. We're going to open that up a little bit more later. Turn with me now to Ephesians five fifteen to seventeen. Ephesians five fifteen to seventeen says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So first of all, these verses are saying that it's wise to understand what the will of the Lord is. So we'd be foolish not to seek the will of the Lord. As Christians who've been forgiven of our sin and given a new heart in Christ and filled with his spirit, we should desire it. Jesus even taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we discussed last week, Jesus exemplified this as well. When he declared to the Father on the night he was betrayed, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And with that same desire, the psalmist proclaims in Psalm 143, verse 10, he says to the Lord, teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And Jesus told his disciples in Mark 3:35, "For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother." And 1 John 2:17 reminds us that the world is passing away with along with all its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Do we see a theme there? And to that end, John Stott writes, nothing is more important in life than to discover and do the will of God. We were saved in Christ by the will of God to walk in the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. We're called to live and abide in God's perfect and eternal will. We're called to do it. Right? But but that, that then makes the question, how do we know that we're doing it? How do we know that we're walking in it? And so again, we come back to Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. Once again, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. For those of you who are part of our congregation over nine years ago, you may remember that Dan, who was the lead pastor at the time, used to say, whenever there's a therefore, you have to look backwards to see what it was there for. So thank you, Dan. We're going to follow your advice right now. And when we do take that advice, this passage seems to be saying that when we know what the will of the Lord is, when we figured that out, It'll cause us to walk upright and to make the best use of the time. On that end, theologian N.T. Wright states, Christians are to see every day, every hour, every minute as an opportunity for serving the Lord, for understanding what his will is and getting on and doing it. So we'll know we're walking in the will of God when we're making the most of the time we've been given, when we're, when we're doing it. Not when we're looking ahead, trying to decipher it, or, or stressing about the particulars of the future, which we have a tendency to do, right? But rather, it's about understanding how to live in obedience to God and living for Christ in the moments we have, in the spaces we find ourselves Jesus even said in, in Matthew 6, to 34, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's priority. And then all these things will be added to you, all these things that we need, right? Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I think sometimes, again, we do have a tendency to worry or fret about the future. Or we have these, this existential crisis. Well, if I make this decision, how is it going to affect me in 10 years, right? It, 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 am I going to be in the will of God if I, if I do this decision in five years from now, right? We, we, we get all existential and, and nervous, and, and we stress out about these things. Or we try to get this, this clear picture, of where God's leading us to, to the point that, that we fail to see or, or even live out God's will and purpose as it unfolds in the present. So stuck on dwelling, well, what, God, what do you want me to do that we don't even do what God wants us to do? We often want to see, see it all unfolded first, right? Before we make a move. But that often, again, just freezes us in fear or in uncertainty. And in doing so, maybe we actually miss out on God's will for us. We're, we're so worried about making the wrong decision that we don't make a decision at all. It's, it's like doing a puzzle, right? How many here like puzzling? Yeah, all right. I like puzzling. Audrey might even say I get a little weird when I puzzle. She calls me Puzzle Greg because I turn into a, a different person. I sing little songs, get obsessed over the puzzle. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll be down in a second, two hours later, and standing up, walking away from the puzzle, still putting a piece in. Anyways, that's a different story. <laughs> I got an issue with puzzling, I guess. But when I, but when I do puzzle, I, I rely heavily on that picture in front of the box. Right? I, I place it in front of me. I need that picture on front of the box, or, or else I'm lost. And, I, and I'm sure many of you can relate to that. We, we can't start the puzzle until we know what the finished product looks like. But you know what? That's not how God's will is ever revealed to us. And we might get pieces of the puzzle, or fragments of God's plan like Joseph did or Paul or John. But we never get the full picture. And and this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, stop wasting today trying to figure out the full picture. Stop worrying about what God's plan or will is for you tomorrow. Because first of all, we can trust God with all that. He knows what we need. He'll lead us into it. And besides, as as Jesus reminds us in one of his parables, we don't even know if we'll be alive tomorrow. Instead, focus on him. Focus on how to live for him today. Make the most of the time you've been given. James 4, 14 to 15 reiterates this idea when it says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. In other words, you should be asking not... What's tomorrow going to bring? But what's God's will for you right now, in this moment? And again, we already know the answer. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To this end, theologian John Stott writes, Moreover, in seeking to discover God's will, it is essential to distinguish between his general and his particular will. Will. We have to distinguish between his general and his particular will. The former is the same for all of us, e.g., to make us like Christ. His particular will, however, extending to the particularities of our life, is different for each of us, like what career we shall follow. Only after this distinction has been made can we consider how we may find out what the will of the Lord is. His general will is found in Scripture. The will of God for the people of God has been revealed in the Word of God to guide us. And this is what our sermon series, This is the Will of God for Us, will be all about this summer. It'll be all about learning and understanding what God's general will is for us, as it's laid out for us in the Bible, things we know he desires for us, and how he wants us to behave at all times, in every facet of life, no matter where we're at or where we find ourselves. And, and the good news about this is that in seeking and understanding his general will, It'll actually in turn guide us and and give us wisdom in all our other decisions, which the Bible isn't clear about. As Chandler Van writes, if God has given us a new heart that desires what he desires, our decisions are, are going to line up with his plan. We work through these decisions with the wisdom he gives us through the Spirit. We are, we are often so intent, though, on looking for some hidden plan God has laid out for us that we forget to consult the passions and desires he's given us. We will never find the perfect road God has laid out, but he will give us desires he wants us to chase after. So this, is a, this really is a freeing concept for us that, that I think we need to grasp especially with the knowledge on top of that, that God will work out all things for the good of those who love him according to his purpose, right? And and, and to that end, this means that that even if we make a bad decision or a wrong turn in our lives, which we will, God in his grace and love, who knows the decisions we'll make before we make them and has therefore already woven those into his plan, will always faithfully steer us back into his will and even redeem our decisions for his good. In other words, if we're walking in wisdom, right, if we're doing what he's called us to do, this means then, again, that we don't have to get all existential or, or, or fret about the particulars or, or decisions which aren't clear in the Bible. Again, like whether to get married or not, or where to go to university, or if we're on the right career path, we can stop treating God as we said earlier, like a magic eight ball and simply start doing and acting on that which we know God has already called us to do. And if we're faithful in that, God will lead us where he wants us to go and we'll be more receptive to his leading. Ultimately, the will of God is for us to abide in Christ, to be in his presence, and to be his ambassadors on this earth. When we understand that, we can, we can stop saying things like, I, I just don't know what God wants me to do with my life. Because he's actually told us what to do. And we can and should make our decisions based on these values and desires. As the prophet Micah declared to God's people on behalf of the Lord, he says to them in Micah 6.8, he has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God, right? He has told us what is good. He's already told us what his will is for us. It's, it's, it's not a mystery. We don't have to hunt for it or, or, or beg God to reveal it to us. We simply need to submit to his word and start living it out. Of course, this verse in, in Micah that I just read is one of the many verses that we're going to be studying through this summer, along with with other verses which remind us that the Lord's will is for us to be sanctified and made holy. The Lord's will is for us to be thankful in all circumstances, to, to be given the desires of our heart, to do good and even suffer for Christ's name while doing it if necessary, to love God and love others, that God desires that all might be saved through Jesus Christ. And that all which God wills for us was accomplished and is available because of our salvation in Jesus Christ. So the Bible tells us that that, that all these things are, are the things which God wills for us. And some of these verses that we're going to read even say verbatim, this is the will of God for you. Just to make sure we get it. Because sometimes we don't. I don't know what the, the will, of God for God, will of God is. Well, it says in the Bible, this is the will of God for you. It's right there. And again, one, one of the things these wills of God all have in common is that they always apply to every facet of our lives, no matter what we're doing or where we're at. And ultimately, this is the point. These are the things that matter in the end not whether we chose to work at McDonald's instead of Wendy's, right? But on how we make the best use of our time in representing Christ each day when we work there. So again, the, that list I mentioned are the things that, which God wills for us because these are the things which reveal Christ in us at all times. And actually, actually, these are the things that resemble and reflect God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And so, it's wise to seek understanding in these things, not only for our own benefit, but ultimately because we know that it's his will alone that stands forever. As it says in Proverbs 19.21, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Nothing can thwart God's purpose. His will and His plans are secure. So let's place our trust in that truth. And then by His power working within us, let's start living it out and abiding in it with the time we've been given. Or as it says in Hebrews 13 20 to 21, as we conclude, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a good God. I thank you that you love us with a love unquenchable. That you proved that love to us when you sent your, your one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty of our sin at the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sin and covered in his righteousness and invited into your presence as your children, as citizens of your kingdom. Lord, I thank you that you have changed your heart, our hearts to desire what your heart desires, Lord. And I pray as uh, over the course of this summer, as we begin to learn and understand in, and grow in what your heart desires and wills for us, Lord, I pray that you would equip us to walk in it. And I pray for those here this morning that, that, that do have anxiety issues about tomorrow. That's a very real thing. And, and we don't want anyone to feel condemned for feeling like that, Lord. So I, I pray that you would, you would just comfort them right now. That you would just pour out your peace upon them. And that they would learn to trust you moment by moment. And Lord, I pray this for our, our church as well. That as, as you lead us and, and guide us in your will, Lord, that we would be faithful to walk in it for your glory. We pray all this in Jesus' name, who makes this all possible through his victory and his death and resurrection.